Well, hello, everyone. We are so glad you are joining us for the GLS and Beyond Leadership Podcast. I am here with Mr. Kelly Bird, and we are excited to be your co-host, especially today. Especially today. Especially today. Well, we get the honor and privilege to uh, host this podcast, but more just have conversations with people, right, Kelly? Absolutely. Yeah. Learn so much. Get to experience so much. Uh, in the conversation uh, in more than five minutes gives us a chance to unpack some things, get to know people better, understand where they come from and how it is that they're doing these amazing things that they're doing. So yeah, really looking forward to today. Yes. Well, today we have Jonathan Watley, who is the founder and CEO of Building Stronger Families. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you both for having me. I've been looking forward to this. So yeah, anytime I can share my story to make a difference, I'm all about it. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, that's great. That's great. Jonathan, where's, give us, give the listeners just a Reader's Digest on your your story. So, I, mean, I imagine there's a lot there, but yeah, just I, in a few <laughs> minutes from from birth to August 2021. So, there it is. I'm I'm one of seven kids. My mom raised seven kids by herself. I've been married uh, for 31 years. Uh, my wife and I were foster parents for 10 or 12 years. One of our first foster daughters had grown up, moved away, had her own family, and and she called with the tragic news in 2015 that her 15 year old had committed suicide. Mm. So when we go down to the funeral, God starts dealing with me on how somebody can give up when I write their story. Mm. So my wife is also a nurse and we're sitting in front of Jasmine's casket and her sister, who's younger there, found her hanging in the room. Mm. So she said, Nana, you're a nurse, right? And my my wife says, yes. She said, how come you can't wake Jasmine up? Mm. That is the picture that started my purpose. And I keep that really fresh in my memory. I never want to get desensitized to trying to make a difference. So that launched where we are now with building a stronger family. How can what tragedy that we dealt with within our own family preventing another families? Mm. And then what were the dynamics that you can bring families together and making a difference? So a lot of times, understandably, maybe to a degree, we hear people talking about needing to or wanting to forget their pain. You've actually chosen to hold on to that pain and in a healthy way, in in an appropriate way. Yeah, so God asks you, are you going to be part of the problem or part of the solution? And then what are you standing here for? And then I always picture Christ on the cross. Did he have to be there or did he stay there? So for his perspective to take all of that pain for us, what does it say for us if we pass it off and not take it for ourselves and make a difference in others? So every life we touch, everybody that we can have contact with, we're supposed to make a difference. And the Bible talks about we're overcome by the blood and the power of our testimony. My testimony born out of pain, but it changes other people into say, hey, I'm alive today because your organization bled into me, bled into my young person. There's families that are healed from possible divorce because of what we do. So for me, yeah, Jasmine's death was tragic, but what do you take from a tragedy that you can build off of? Mm. And everybody finds a purpose. You ask yourself, there's a, a scripture in the Bible, I think it's 139.16 out of, out of Psalms, and it talks about God wrote your story. And then when he finished your story, he put it in his library on the shelf. So everybody in here, everybody that's listening, your story has already been written. 
Is it easier to walk in a story that's already written or is it easier to write your own story? You just have to figure out God's story. That way that process starts to be a little bit easier. Sometimes he has to nudge you. Sometimes there's some pain involved. But when you get on track, yeah. it's easier to wake up. It's easier to walk that thing out. Yeah, that's well said. Incredible. Well, you know, we've we've talked about using your pain uh, for a greater purpose. And um, what your organization does is really help people understand some of their pain, some of their trauma, so that they can begin to help the ones that are surrounded with them, right? Whether it's their kids, their grandkids, or, you know, even those that have, um, you know, foster children. We, what I really found really incredible when we, you and I chatted was talking about what kind of backpack we have and how it's filled. Could you go into that? Yeah, so this is, our programs are dynamic. So one of them is Shadow for Success, where we take young people and we talk about bullying, suicide, anxiety, self-esteem, life skills, resume writing, job preparedness, financial literacy. We have a family enrichment piece where we take families and have engaging conversations to say, okay, let's see if your home has a toxic environment and why. Why aren't parents and young people talking? And the one that has been most dynamic, which you mentioned, it's called Reactive Lifestyle. So imagine God saying, okay, Kelly and Jerry, here is your basket at birth. Everything that you're going to need, I'm putting in your basket before you're even born. It's got your name on it, every characteristic, every trait you're going to need. But at five, your parents go through a divorce. At 12, you start experimenting with drugs. At 18, there's something else. There's alcohol. Now it's abusive relationships. So now you're older and you're functioning out of the same basket but situations and circumstances and bad decisions have added on top of what God gave you. So now when you reach in your basket, you can't grab the stuff that God has in there because it's covered by the stuff that everybody else and other things have put in there. So how many people are walking around functioning and don't look like the blueprint that God made? Reactive lifestyle is basically you reacting off of things that have happened to you. And God's saying, hey, go to James, that man in the mirror, I want you to see what I see. If you don't see what I see as the version of me, I need you to find out why. And that's the basis of the reactive lifestyle program. Because a lot of times people don't know that their basket is full of stuff that's not a God until we take them back. Let's talk about your childhood. Let's talk about your teenage. Let's talk about, okay, you picked up this characteristic, but tell me what was going on in your life that that characteristic was even from. It wasn't a friend coming over with weed that they found. It was something else opened that door to allow it to be happening in the first time. It wasn't the fact that you started getting depressed and you don't know why. It's the fact that your mom and dad went through a divorce and nobody processed that divorce with you. It is. It's all. It's so insightful as we get into these new rhythms of school, right? It's been a really challenging 18, 19 months in our world, especially for those young individuals that are in school and need that social interaction action and engagement. So as a parent of four and Kelly is a parent of five, how can we have some of those meaningful conversations? This is good. This is one of my favorite tools. Stop asking your kids how their day was. Mm-hmm. It's been two weeks and say, hey, I'm going to spend 10 minutes every day to tell you how my day was. So now Kelly is saying, hey, there's this person I work with named Jerry. I take my lunch and I put it in the break room and she always takes such and such out of the bag. And then I say, why do you keep doing that? And she's saying, well, you need to just get over it. And she starts calling me names. So what happens when two weeks 
It only takes two weeks. The parent starts downloading to the child what their day looks like when they leave. Usually by the third or fourth week, the child is saying, okay, dad, you might want to tell me about your story, but I got to tell you how my day was. It changes the dynamics because there's not an alien in the house anymore because the parents show that they can relate to them. That's fantastic. That's good. I'm not taking your lunch, though, am I, Kelly? Don't take my lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this already, like in 10 minutes, completely. Uh, uh, Engaging, helpful, challenging, already feel convicted, interested. This is, yeah, this is fantastic. And this might sound like a loaded question. It's really not. But just because I don't know you that well, I don't know your story. Where did you learn all of this? Um, it's interesting from a standpoint of God had to take me back to go forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the reactive lifestyle training has been crucial in my life. So I mentioned that, that my mom raised seven kids by herself. So I never knew who my father was. Mm -hmm. So I remember going through this reactive lifestyle training It's basically it's a manual and it breaks your life up into four cycles, childhood, adult, teen or teen, adult, all the way up to marriage. And then they have you think about things that might have been protective at that time. And your mind and your body say, okay, Jonathan's strong enough. Let's, let's open that door to this past memory so he can process it. I never remembered not having to say Happy Father's Day to anybody. Never buying a Father's Day card. But now I have a memory of standing in Walgreens reading every Father's Day card and crying. My four siblings underneath me have the same father. So now when he comes into the picture, he treats me different. So now I'm dealing with rejection, some physical abuse, right? So how does that translate when you have kids? So I'm saying, okay, that's a, that's a pain. That's a real pain. If I ever have kids, they're never going to experience what that is. So I have a son and a daughter. And what I found out from going through the reactive lifestyle is I never wanted them not to like me. So now when I should have been their parent, Subconsciously, I have the pain of not knowing who my dad was. I said, no, I don't, I, I can't say that. They might not like, I can't punish them this way. They might not like me. Right. So there's two folds to this thing. That's why sometimes you have to go back and analyze what happened in your past that handcuffs your future, but also hinders where you're supposed to be at in that particular moment. What handcuffs your future? That's a line, right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that yep. is a line. I I just think, you know, your story is just so inspiring how you've utilized and leaned into that pain. And it's not comfortable all the time, right? You don't get it right all the time. So what are some of the resources that building a stronger family has for families that are ready to take that next step, that want to engage and lean in? So as I mentioned, our program, so our family enrichment program is really unique because we have these two-hour sessions with families where we split up the kids and the parents in two separate rooms. For one hour, we have a dynamic conversation about, tell us what's wrong and what's right in the household. Then the second hour, we bring them back to have a concise conversation about what both of them are talking about. And a lot of times what happens is, Your children are saying the same things you are, but the language is different or vice versa. And then you get a better understanding of the dynamics along with that exercise I told you about just engaging your kids. Once you make your life relevable to your kids, it 
it changes it because they don't see you so much as somebody that doesn't understand what happens. I'm leaving the door at 730 in the morning. I'm going through hell because I know I'm getting bullied as soon as I go in the door. And then dad asked me at 320 how my day was. And I'm going to give him a generic answer. I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to get on social media. And people are still laughing about what happened to me in that school. We have to change the dynamics if we want a difference in our family. So that's the family enrichment piece, reactive lifestyle, which I I just talked about. And we do a lot of stuff where it talks about how do you analyze something is wrong when you don't know what is wrong. And that's foundation for us, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people are functioning and say, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, let's, let's, let's unpack this. Tell me about your childhood. Tell me, how do you know you're good? If a parent is saying, I need you to help me with my kids, we don't even talk to the kids first. We talk to the parents. Tell me about how you were raised. I'll show you a correlation in how your child is acting up based off of how you were raised and what you're passing on to them that you had no idea. Mm. Wow. That's... I feel like I need to go through some reactive lifestyle. <laughs> and the organization today, the functioning organization that you're giving leadership to is housed here in Fort Wayne? Yeah, so we have a partnership with uh, Lutheran Foundation through Connect Allen County. Mm-hmm. So we're at 201 Rudolph Street. So we have our office there, and then they also have two session suites where we can actually have our sessions right there in the office. So it was a three-year initiative that they they launched. I think for me, what are the residual effects of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. The pandemic is the health crisis. The mental emotional crisis is, is going to be far deeper, sure. more impactful, and more yeah. tragic if we don't address it on both sides. That's why God started dealing with me last year and said, hey, you got to be in front of this. There's some stuff coming down the pike yeah. if organizations and people aren't ready for it. The other thing is churches have got to start preaching more about mental and emotional health from the pulpit. It's one of those topics that doesn't get touched, yeah. and it has to be from a transparency standpoint. When the pastor says my family is struggling with something mm-hmm. and I'm sitting in his congregation, I can get behind that all day long. Right. Um, so. Transparent. Transparency is sometimes hard, right? But it brings authenticity yeah. and it helps other people say, okay, if that person says that I'm, they're struggling too, it's okay if I'm struggling, right? Yeah. So I agree. I think mental health after this pandemic is not after we're still in it, but it's going to be the next wave of what we're dealing with. It is. If you look at, and not just our kids. No, the opioid crisis is is off the charts. Drug and alcohol is off the charts. Divorce is high. Divorce is high in and out of the church. So that should tell the church as a whole, there's a problem across the board. So how do we structure ourselves to be more transparent to make a difference without somebody judging you, right? Mm -hmm. And the pastor's job is hard because they have to look like Superman. But sometimes the congregation wants to see Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. Problem is you never see Clark Kent and Superman at the same time, (laughs) right? But they have to show up in various roles to be impactful. The Bible talks about just man falls seven times. God's not saying we're going to always get it right. He just don't want you falling in the same place every time. It's really good. Well, I know you have a passion for youth. Um, I have a passion for youth and you're doing a lot in the city with uh, young leaders. I think it's important that people also know that part too, that you're not just saying, hey, come as a family unit, but you're really investing in the next next generation of leaders. Can you share a little bit about that? Well, we have to. If we're not inclusive, 
to how we lead by example, who takes the next baton. And I tell my staff all the time, I can't reach everybody. We have some staff that have to be more comfortable in themselves. And I say this all the time. I said, I don't care if I come sit in in a session or the president sitting in the room. I don't want you to change how you impact your kids. So we have a, a she's our project coordinator. So whenever everybody, somebody says, hey, we want your group conversation to come over for eight or 10 weeks. And I send Alexia over and Alexia has a way of reading a room. And she'll say, okay, this would be a good facilitator over there. Now, if I come and you come and all these microphones and cameras come into that same room, you'll see Alexia kicking chairs. She'll be drawing attention. But at the end of it, she has this way of connecting with young people. And I tell my staff, don't duplicate yourself. Just show everybody else who they are. If we do that, don't try to be me. If you try to be me, you're going to lose who you are. The transparency of who I am has brought me to this place. But the Bible talks about Habakkuk 2 and 2. It says, write the vision and make it plain so those can read it and run with it. I say, you guys are the runners. I wrote it. I made it plain. Now you're taking that vision and run with it. So know yourself well enough to know that you don't have to duplicate who you are. Just find the qualifications and tools in somebody so it can come out of them to be the best version of themselves. And I got diverse young people around me that get it and they're passionate. Here's the thing that I'm finding out. We as adults, we have to stop doing stuff for people and do it with them. So if you're trying to engage young people and say, we need to talk about suicide, don't close the room with a whiteboard with a bunch of suits. Have them in the room as well and say, hey, this is what we're thinking about. And then the young people can say, that's not going to work and we'll tell you why. It's inclusion. We're, that's one of those missing ingredients for making the difference is inclusion. Well, we always love to end our podcast with the same question. Yeah. So, Kelly, you want to you wanna ask Jonathan our favorite question of the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I will. Before I ask the question, you just reminded me of my grandpa, which is always a, um, a wonderful thing for me because I loved him so much. And he used to tell me when I was a kid, I didn't get it when I was a kid, then I understood as the years went by. But he used to tell me, he used to say, you were, you were born... Uh, a wonderful original, don't die, a worn out copy. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to you talk there about just working hard to allow people to be who they are, like really. And I was just, yeah, really encouraged by that. That's good. Thankful. That, thank, thank you. Yeah, I'm thankful that you're doing that. The question we always end with is what advice would you give today at, how old are you? 57. 57. So the 57-year-old Jonathan, knowing what he knows, having been where he's been, what advice would you give to the 21-year-old Jonathan? To me, that's, it's easy. Act like you're already where you're going. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think the environment that they're in is good for that moment. But if you look at the conversations you're having with your friends, the people you're hanging out, It'll show you the projection on where you're going to be over a period of time. So if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, find you a doctor or lawyer to hang out with. If you're going to college, don't hang out with high school kids that aren't thinking about college. If you're going to be playing checkers and the world is playing chess, you're always going to be behind the mark. So I would tell myself, think about what you want to do. And then in your mind, already be there. 
That's great advice. Great advice. Well, we're so thankful for the work that you're doing in our community, for the work that you're doing in families. Um, it is it is just incredible. We're so, so honored you are on our podcast, and we have so much more to talk about. You can go to glsandbeyond.com. You can let us know other topics that you'd like to hear from Jonathan, or you can go to his website, which is? Buildingastrongerfamily.org. There we go. And you can learn how you can have some of those conversations and learn what God put in your basket to make you the original. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Great having you here. Thanks for what you do. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you.